is on the film. I've had a chance to sit down and watch it, and it's an absolutely fantastic film. Oh, mate, thank you so much. I appreciate that. So tell us a little bit about where the idea for the first, for the film first came about for you. Mm. I think it was an interesting one because, you know, you're always looking for inspiration. Like I remember when I saw Roman Polanski once at a film festival and someone in the crowd sort of said to him, you know, what inspires you? And he turned around and he said, you, you could. <laughs> and I also always thought that was cool because as a filmmaker, you know, you never really know when that next um, spark is going to happen. Yeah. And in this particular case, it happened with uh, with uh, one of the actresses, Natalie Heslop, who's you know virtually the you know the female lead in the film. Um, you know, sitting down having conversation, um, and uh, and this she just ignited the the spark, let's say, uh, and the idea um, which I started to develop into a screenplay. So it was, it was very much sort of a concept by her, but then screenplay by myself. So that's how that one happened. Okay, so. How did that writing session kind of go? Like, how long did that take for you to to sit down and flesh it all out and turn it into a story? I mean, the treatment normally would take me a couple of months. Um, I mean, it was only the idea she gave me then, really. It was what I turned that into. Uh, and then the writing process, you know, minimum 12 months, you know, and I've got co-writers that help me with that stuff, you know, structurally and professionally. So, yeah, at least 12 months or more in the, in the writing before it was ready to even sort of slate as a film. Yeah. And yeah. did you go back and forth with her as well with the idea, like, to discuss Not it more? Not so much. No, just just really uh, uh, just the, the initial idea, which was um, someone who kind of has, like, the gift of foresight. Like, basically, she sits down and paints. She's a painter. And whatever she paints materialises in real life. And that was the concept. Yeah. So it was almost like a, a fortune teller that can paint or a gypsy or a, a psychic that can uh, paint a picture and then actually have it actualised. So what I, what I did with the, with the screenplay was I had her still as a painter, now as a grown woman, not as a teenager, where the story originated. Um, and she paints the face of a girlfriend that ends up, you know, appearing on our doorstep a couple of days later because we are the married couple in the film. Um, this this uh, character appears, and it's someone from her past. And uh, and in her past, um, she had uh, told her fortune and promised her that she'd meet her soulmate, which ends up being me. <laughs> so it then turns into the classic lovers triangle, you know, where they're almost fighting for the guy. But it's really, uh, it's it, there's a little bit of that, but then there's also a lot on the girl fight itself. Yeah. So, yeah. And did you always know who was going to play the parts? Like, did you write this with yeah. yourself in mind and Natalie in mind as for the parts? Yeah. It's a good question. I had really gotten to know Nat quite well, and I think when she did Playboy and really kind of peaked, I thought, this is interesting because, you know, it's a borderline erotic thriller, you know, and um, she certainly didn't have any inhibitions, so she's perfect for that particular role. And then I, I think as I kept um, uh, doing drafts, uh, she just stuck in my head, you know. Yeah. So it just kind of eventuated, and then I couldn't imagine anyone else doing it. Um, but then also we've got Sienna Stass, who's, you know, the co-lead, and she's someone that had reached out and had sort of, you know, written to me in the past or applied to many, many of my, my castings, um, and I had her in my back pocket. I'd always wanted to work with her, but now was the chance, so it was really a, a great sense of timing, and I find it's always like that, you know, with these things. It's always timing. 
you know, yep. the amount of times I've gone to an audition and I didn't think they liked me, but then a year later the guy was like, oh, I've got this bit for you. And it's like sometimes it's the next film, you know, yeah, it's not yeah. even the one you auditioned for. So it's interesting. So do you find it difficult to write when you're going to be playing a part? Like does that play on your mind no, sometimes? Not really because, I mean, I'm realistic. You know, if the character was, um, you know, uh, uh, muscle-bound, beach, you know, Baywatch-type guy, that's not me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like we've all got our stereotypes. You know, but this was very much, you know, a guy who was an agent I and mean, it was almost um, semi-autobiographical in a sense. It was, you know, the standard guy, um, married man, middle-aged. Um, it just fit the bill. So sometimes I feel like if, I, if, if it suits... But sometimes also with the writing process, it grows on me. Yeah. And sometimes I can't even imagine anyone else doing it. And then sometimes I go to cast someone and they'll even say, like, I've got a professional acting friend, let's say. They'll say, mate, this is yours. This is all you. So, yeah, it's, it, it goes back and forth. I mean, technically, I've acted in more films than, than films I've directed and acted at the same time. Um, but I think because I still love acting, if I've got the opportunity, I'll do it. But also with my distributors, you know, I've made so many movies now. They expect it. I haven't had one distributor say to me, now you're sure you're going to be in it. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it, it really is, you know, it's a mixed bag. It's could, it could happen um, anytime, really. Yeah. For young filmmakers and young actors that are out there listening, how difficult is it to direct yourself um, when you're in a film like that, especially in the early days when you're very young? I think when you're young, you do have more energy, though. I think it's easier to multitask. They'll say you're crazy to do it. Um, you know, people... I mean, it depends how... I mean, I, I don't want to sound sort of self-conceited, but it depends how good you are. Because I've seen guys multi-skill and they just look like a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. And then, But then I've been able to do it pretty seamlessly and people will be quite shocked. But also when I multitask, I'm giving it my signature and then it becomes an NHP film. Yeah. And if I sometimes don't do all that, it's something else. Um, and if you look at the films I've just directed or the films I've directed and also been a, a part of the ensemble cast they're two completely different streams of work and i think the fans like the ones i'm in more overall but that's not to say if someone wants to throw me you know multi-million dollar picture deal that i'll just take the hot seat and direct i mean i'm open to both you know what i mean yeah definitely and you with the acting this time around you took some inspiration from michael douglas i understand absolutely i mean Douglas has probably, you know, had a, a big impact um, on me as far as the work goes. I mean, I do love American genre film. It's what I grew up on and I won't deny it. Uh, Douglas, the films he made, I just found his stream of films in his genre from Basic Instinct to Disclosure to Fatal Attraction to um, uh, uh, The Game. There, there, there's just, I, I just love his body of work um and i've quite often been compared to him like i remember on one of the first sets i was ever on the lead i was co-lead but the lead turned to me and said man you know you're you're freaking michael douglas and and i don't know that just kind of stuck with me as well yeah so, but it's good just to draw on for inspiration i think we all need heroes yeah you know, like it's good, i mean look at bond i mean even daniel craig will tell you that you know he couldn't beat sean connery even though some of us love him more you know it's it's one of those things yeah definitely and mm. Everyone listening out there who's a filmmaker is going to want to ask the question, what was the shoot like? Did you find this to be a pretty relaxing shoot or did you have some issues along the way? What I find is is that I get bored when I'm in post-production on one film. I mean, when I did film school, uh, 
my teacher was very 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 direct about saying you really need to have three on the go at once. That means you could be developing one, shooting another, and editing another. And it is true; it does keep the momentum going. So I found that when I was coming off the post production of the previous film. I was getting bored, and so I thought, well, I've got this weekend free. I think I'm just going to start shooting the next. And as a lot of people will tell you, you know, if you've got the weekend and you've got the time, you've got no excuses. Like, if you don't do it, it's never going to start. It's never going to happen. You've just got to start. Yeah. You know? But but I think the mistake people make is uh, they don't have an end game. See, I often work backwards. I know the distributor I want. I know the film I want to do. I'm kind of work backwards knowing where it's going to end up. But a lot of guys... I think they start off and they just chip away, but they don't really have the end in sight. And I think you've got to have a plan. You know, if you don't have a plan, you could end up wasting a lot of people's time. And you know, directors and filmmakers and they get blacklisted. And you know, people or people, you know, not not um, you know, maybe not on paper, but but people will say, you know, oh, she's that guy just doesn't have his shit together. He won't deliver. Oh, you know, we shot a movie three years ago. We've never seen it. You know. Do, some people don't even give the rushes away for actors to build the showreels. I mean, it's inexcusable, really. You know, you yeah. can't treat people like that. Um, and you, you've only got one shot. And if you stuff that up, um, no one's ever going to come back. And your name's mud. And it's very hard to uh, come back from that, particularly when you're in a small city like ours, where, let's be honest, it's you know, it's, it's who you know, not what you know. Yep. Um, so that plays a big part. Definitely. Now, of course, this movie's out now through um, Bounty Films. What are you working on now? I am actually working on the, the what's technically going to be the 10th feature film, yep. uh, which is huge. Um, it was a bit of touch and go there for a while with obviously the whole COVID. I uh, wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do it or not, um, but we, we got a little window and I've, and I've started it. I can't give you a title yet, but, it, but it's definitely in the works, you know, so that there will be a follow-up film for sure. Awesome. Now, seeing I Portrait is out for people to watch, what would you like to say to everybody before they sit down to watch it? Uh, give it time and be patient because the ending is not what anybody will expect. Um, it's, uh, it's a slow burn. And if you like independent film or even Australian independent film or local production, you want to support, you love thrillers and, you, and you're patient, just let this film wash over you and you'll you'll be very surprised by the ending. Exactly. Well, mate, I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to check out this film over the next couple of days. So thank you so much for chatting to us today and we cannot wait to talk to you in the future for your next project as well. Absolute pleasure, Dave. Thanks for the time. No problem, mate. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Dave. See ya. Bye. Bye, mate.